This is exclusive coverage of the 2018 Steelers training camp. Presented by Bud Light, famous among friends, and Spring Hill Suites Latrobe, where you can expect a legendary experience. And also brought to you by Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine and LECOM at Seton Hill. Window Nation. Visit us at windownation.com. And Excella Health. How can we help you today? It's the Adam Crowley Show. It's the 6 o'clock hour. Tim Benz with you. I will be at Geo's with Adam tomorrow at 7 o'clock. I have all sorts of free beer Geo's chips. So you can expect that broadcast to be an absolute CF by the time the 8 o'clock hour hits. Uh, here with Wes and Woken Thomas back at the studio. Uh, Woken Thomas is shirtless. He's shirtless Tom unless he's with me and then he's Woken Thomas because he is the most politically correct board op in all of the business. The most politically correct producer you are ever going to find. Uh, Tom, I've been actually looking forward to having an opportunity to talk to you on the air. It's been a while and a lot has happened. Now, you earned your nickname Woken Thomas because you better than anybody else understood the dead spin list of best ever athletes, right? The best, best list that we went over. Remember that? That's how you earned your name, right? Yeah, I believe so. You you jumped in with both feet on how politically correct that list was. Like, we can't mention a male best tennis player of all time. It just has to be Serena. But we have to differentiate between female and male basketball players. Things like that, right? That's how I earned it. But I, I got to say, Tim, with the whole Woken thing, it, it makes me feel a little dirty when you call me Woken Thomas. It's it's like I'm cheating on my real show. Please just call me Shirtless Tom. You just want to be Shirtless Tom? I, I don't want to feel... Because Crowley gives me the stink eye, and they, they, they worry that you're going to steal me from you, me from them. So just to make them feel better. To do what? Tom's on brand. Wait a minute. To do what? To produce my podcast for the trip? I can do that myself. I don't need you for that. Wow. You don't think no, I, I mean, can like, help? No, no, I, I would, sure, I would like to, how, well, okay, well, let's investigate this. If you're going to bring, if you're going to open this Pandora's box, let us jump in. Uh, what's your rate? Mm, well, they, I do this for free, so. There's no way you do this for free. Oh, yeah. Like that, you might do the cheese teases for free because it gets you out there, as you know, as we just talked about, it's your brand, but that's got to be the only thing you do for free. Hmm. Can you get me a date with a porn star? Kiara Mia? Could you? I probably could. I, I just don't know I'd if do you it could afford it like Jimmy Garoppolo. You saw what Garoppolo signed for, right? I did. You're right. I mean, anytime she needs a re-enhancement, Jimmy G could do that with pocket change. Stuff he found in his couch cushion this morning. Those are the couch cushions. <laughs> but anyway, where, where I was going with this, because you are because you are woken. And, um, you know, anyway, since you are shirtless as well, I, I can kind of see you as being... What's that? What are we looking at? The sun? Yes, it is. Kevin Colbert is working on things for us. He's going to get us a sun guard. This is going to be fantastic. So this, uh, wheels are in motion here. We just got dispensation from the general manager himself, probably because I was so fervently on his side in the Lev Bell negotiations. The sun is just beating down. Like Jeff Hathorn from channel from KDKA across the street is trying to edit. He can't even see what he's trying to edit here because we've been moved down in the parking lot. Because it is, and it's not bad today, right? What is it, about 84 degrees, maybe something like that? Something like that? It's been cloudy degrees? up until probably 4 o'clock. Yeah, and now it is broken, and it is very temperate and pleasant out, but it is impossible to see what we're doing here. But you would be, I think, pink by this point, Tom, without your shirt on. Even if you had sunblock on. I burn very easily, even with SPF 50 on, so it would not be good. I would look like a medium-rare steak. 
You know, on the DVE morning show, on the, on the utmost end of political correctness, they were talking about, I was listening on the drive home from Maine, they were talking about people that raise their kids without telling them what their gender is. Have you heard about this yet? No. They're not, they're, I forgot what they call them, like vigs or something like that, instead of kids or something like that, V children. So you're not supposed to tell them what their gender is so they can figure it out on their own. And, and I thought of you, Tom, because the topic I want to bring up is you and I have not yet talked about the Scarlett Johansson decision to pull out of the movie, to pull out of Rub and Tug. And I was looking forward to seeing that, weren't you? Uh, a movie was starring Scarlett Johansson called Rub and Tug? Yeah, yes. I was really looking forward to seeing that. Uh, you heard about it, right? No, I didn't. This is the oh, first about... I'm hearing of it. Oh, I'm no, no, very no, upset. This, this, this is a real story. This is Dante Tex Gill, who was the uh, proprietor of many of the illicit establishments uh, downtown in Pittsburgh back in like the 70s and 80s. And it, they, that's where they got the name of the movie from. They were, you know, in essence, massage parlors. And she ran them as a business. And she was born a woman, but she lived life as a man. And the, I don't know, it must have come about through her effort to... Uh, Transform because there were some reports and they weren't corroborated that she tried to transform from a woman to a man, right? So, um, and that's where the controversy came in because Scarlett Johansson, whether she actually did it through chemicals or steroids or what have you, she lived life as a man in Pittsburgh and she was referred to as he. His name was Dante Tex Gill. And this was going to be like set in Pittsburgh. Uh, There's going to be all sorts of the connections to the, like the alleged Steelers steroid ring. It was going to have all sorts of sports layers to it uh, in that regard. And it was going to be something that a lot of people thought she was going to get Oscar buzz for. But the transgender community shamed her into not doing the movie because they said it can't be a cis, right? Am I saying that? Cisgender. Right? Cisgender. You can't be a cisgender and play a transgender role because that's politically incorrect. That's just acting, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what I said. That's what most free-thinking people said. But the internet, like, bullied her from not being able to do the part. They said, you can't do the part. And she just gave it up. And, and Now, look, she had said out front and center that she wanted to do this role. She really wanted to play this part. And her... Uh, like agents and her representatives actually lashed back at first and said, well, look at Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, look at Felicity Huffman. Look at Jared Leto. They all won Academy Awards and things like that. Hillary Swank, right? Hillary Million Swank, Dollar Baby. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. To an exactly. extent. To an yeah. extent. No, that's, that's true. That's right. I forgot about that one. Um, but that was, that was going back a long time ago. Um, and I think what she was trying to say was, okay, like, you know, that, gosh, how old was that movie? 2005? I was, it's at least close to 15 years, yeah. It's yes. definitely over 10. But at any rate, uh, you know, so her agents were sticking up for her, and then she just kept getting hammered on the internet, and she just gave it up and said, okay, I, I don't want to do it, because I think she got to the point where how much is this movie going to make? Am, am I sure I'm going to win an Oscar? If not, it's not worth it. And now the movie's just not going to get made. You know, and, and the ironic thing to me about this is that so much the movie, and I was talking about, you know, the, the connection to the Steelers and, you know, sort of the salacious nature of it, like the, with the name of the movie being Rub and Tug. The salacious nature of it was going to get all the headlines, but allegedly a lot of the movie was going to be about Tex Gill's relationship with his wife, 
who was a woman that came from Hawaii to live in Pittsburgh, and it was going to be about uh, you know what it was like back in the 70s and 80s to live that sort of lifestyle and how difficult it was back then versus what it is now. And now that story is never going to get told because they're just they're not going to be able to make the movie. Like, show me an actor who fits that description that anyone is going to pay $12 to go see in the theater. You know, if they do it, it's going to lose money. Or it's just going to be an art house film. This is going to be a major motion picture release. So at what point are you cutting off your nose to spite your face here? At what point are you saying, yeah, we're sticking up for those who are in our community by saying somebody of our kind has to play this kind of role? But then you're not being able to get the story out there because no one's going to hear about it because no one's going to see the movie, and now the movie might never get made. Because it, it, it has to be someone who is transgendered now because if it's not, then that next person is going to get beaten around even harder than Scarlett Johansson did, right? Absolutely. And I can't... Can you think of any famous no, transgender actors or actresses? I cannot. No. I mean, well, uh, I forgot... Like, especially on Scarlett's Orange level. is the New Black. I, and I forgot what her name is, but... That's the see. I, I forgot what her name is. It's not Spider, is it? Is it Spider? I think it might be. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. But that's not going to sell tickets. No. Scarlett Johansson is almost as big as you can get. Like she is an A-list actress, and if you wanted to open people's eyes to a story like this, and you know, there's a, a great. I talked about this on the KDK Sports Showdown. There's a great article written by Daniela Greenbaum, who I believe is actually a, a conservative columnist. And uh, she did a thing for the Business Journal decrying this story, and they didn't run it. They buried it. So she has, she's a freelancer, so she also has a gig at the Washington Post. So she goes to the Washington Post and just writes this screed, and she published all the emails back and forth with the editor about why they buried the story, or at least, you know, her emails that she sent. I don't even know if she sent the, if she published the ones that came back. So I thought, oh, great, the Washington Post is running this, and it's a story that needs to be told. Because that's awful. Like, if, if you're telling me that you can't have an opinion because you're fearful of blowback from the Internet, and, and this is happening all the time now, you know, when people are having stories either marginalized or buried or, you know, they're getting edited down to the point that they lose all their teeth because the agencies publishing them are afraid about how it's going to be retorted on Twitter, that's a problem. And, you know, that's thought policing. And that's not... We talk about freedom of speech. That's the opposite of freedom of speech. So just because someone advances an opinion that's not popular, yeah, you're allowed to do it, but if the Internet tells you you're not and your bosses are saying you can't put that thought out there, we've gotten into real dangerous territory. Forget what's being called fake news. The buried news, the omitted news, might be the bigger story. Now, I know you're politically correct, Tom, but I, I think I'm onto something here, aren't you? No, you are. In fact, do you remember uh, the movie The Danish Girl that came out about three years ago starring Eddie Redmayne? He played a transgender person, and that movie got a lot of critical acclaim. It didn't get any backlash at all. So I, I'm a little Are we that f much further back, three years removed from that movie? That I'd forgotten about that movie. Did anybody go see it? It got a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb. I, I think it was up for some Oscars. I mean, it, it was a pretty successful movie. See, the, the way I remember that movie, it was like it took itself very, very seriously. Like, I think uh, this movie was supposed to be in the light of, um, oh gosh, now I'm blanking on it. Um, the one with Christian Bale and Jennifer. Dallas Buyers Club? Yeah, da no, not no, Dallas no, Buyers no, no, Club. No, 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 no. Um... Yeah, it won the, it won the Batman Oscar. Begins. Yes, Batman Begins. That's exactly... It's supposed to be like Batman Begins. Very tongue-in-cheek. 
But you know, it was it was supposed to be a little bit more edgy, a little bit more gritty. It was not going to be a man. This is two hours of a thought piece. It was supposed to be kind of gritty and sort of cutting edge. So I think it would have actually gotten some people to go, and it actually would have turned a buck. It would have it probably would have been successful both at the box office, and it also would have been successful when it comes to critical acclaim. But now it's never going to happen because the internet wins again, and that sucks. I wrote about it a little bit in the trip, but I just I thought of you and you being the ultimate in political correctness. So it just kind of jumped in my mind. I thought it was worth revisiting. Well, I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, four one two nine two two. 2874. When we come back, we're going to talk about Le'Veon Bell. We're going to talk about Stephen Ridley. We're going to talk about James Conner. Um, we have to get back to Jimmy Garoppolo. Chris Adamski is going to join us from the Trib. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, Steelers' first day of training camp as well. You are listening to The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. The Adam Crowley Show. Oh, he went okay, the bottom. I give up, man. If you're not going to be honest about it, I give. John, Thanks my nipple looks on. like... My nipple looks like my cat, like a, like my cat's nipple. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. This is exclusive coverage of the 2018 Steelers training camp. Presented by Bud Light, famous among friends, and Spring Hill Suites Latrobe, where you can expect a legendary experience. And also brought to you by Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine and LECOM at Seton Hill. Window Nation. Visit us at windownation.com. And Excella Health. How can we help you today? Little check down to the left. Running with a blocker as Bell cuts inside the blocker, cuts outside 50, 45, and he's shoved out of bounds near the Houston 35-yard line. Down the field, Muhammad finally got him to, you know, squeeze to the sideline, but Lev Bell was doing a zig and a zag and following a great block by Marquise Pouncey. Le'Veon Bell is not going to be at training camp in all likelihood. We'll look for him somewhere around Labor Day as the Steelers break and come back and get ready for the regular season. Tim Benz with you and for Adam Crowley. One of the guys will be taking some of the snaps while Bell is out is Stephen Ridley, and uh, the former Patriot, now a Pittsburgh Steeler. I talked to him for a little bit today about not only taking on that task while Bell is out, but also how he can wedge his way into some playing time during the regular season and... What do you think about Todd Gurley getting the mega contract that he did? $45 million guaranteed and a deal that will tack on four years to his current contract, which still has two to go. Uh, could be in the neighborhood of $60 million, all things being said. This is what Ridley had to say about those topics and more. Everybody's talking about Lev resetting the market for running backs. Looks like Gurley did it first as a running back. What is your reaction to the money he got? And look, uh, congratulations to Gurley. You know, uh, that's an awesome, tremendous accomplishment. And I'm sure him and his family are very proud. But uh, as far as everybody else, you know, you kind of got to get in where you fit in, man. And uh, really, I'm, I'm focused on being at camp. I'm focused on being the best me that I can be. And uh, I'm focused on making this running back room better, you know, right now. So uh, that's really where I'm at with it. You know, the other guys around the league, I love to see the market going up because, you know, for years it's kind of been like, you know, running backs and running backs and it's not a very high paid position but to see these guys getting you know some cheese getting some cake it's always a good thing man but uh that's not my primary focus right now right now i'm just focused on being the best running back for this team that i can be and that's where i was going with it i'm not asking you hey when's steven gonna get his 45 million guaranteed but yeah. as somebody who 
has taken the pounding in this league as a running back. You know the physical toll that it has. Just um, do you feel good to see now the position getting rewarded and how much do you think the proliferation of the passing game has added to that? Uh, I always like to see it, man, because it's, he's young as girl he is, you know, to, for one, for them to come to him early, you know, and, you know, him get that done going into this year and him get that deal done is huge. Um, second, you know, for an older guy, like you say, myself, who's been in here a little bit and uh, kind of knows the ups and downs, you know, you're always an injury away. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, really, uh, when it comes to the passing game and the run game, um, the more you can do, the better player that you are, and I believe in that. So uh, you always have to work in every aspect of the game. You know, if you're playing running back in the pros, you obviously can run. But uh, what else can you contribute? You know, is your knowledge there? Is your is your pass your passing skills up there with your running skills? You know, is uh, do you understand defense? There's so much more that you can do to make yourself a better player and make yourself more versatile. So um, it's always good to see guys get get. Um, What's the word? Rewarded for their hard work and their labor, and um, that's going to see. You know, whatever Le'Veon's trying to do, that's his business. That's between him and you know his family and what he's what he's comfortable about. But um, you know, you look up every day. That's not me. I'm not girly. You know, I got to come in here and do my job. And whatever I'm getting at the end of the day, man, I'm just putting out the best work that I can do. And lastly, to that exact point, what are you hoping to show the coaches so that they can count on you to be Lev's primary backup or? just to make sure that you get a position and a spot on the team coming out of training camp? Man, I'm coming in here to work, man. There's no, it's no hope in it. Uh, I know what I can do. I'm confident what I can do. And uh, I've been waiting on this opportunity a long time. And so uh, I'm not trying to really uh, do anything besides that, but come in here and be productive, man. And if I can be productive every day, I'm going to let the chips fall where they fall. And uh, I know that the Lord has a plan for me, but uh, I'm confident in what I can do and what I can contribute to this team if I get the opportunity. And that's all I'm trying to do is be a great teammate to these guys and make sure that we're ready to go today and uh, week one of preseason. And you'll get some of the camp, too, with Love not being here, right? I mean, this is a great chance for you, it seems. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, I'm just, right now, like I said, taking a day to day. This is day one. We hadn't even stepped on the cleats right now. But uh, mindset for me is just coming in here and being a sound, sound playing fast and, uh, and having fun, man. I'm focused on just being in the locker room, playing ball again, and, and having an opportunity to be on the field. All right, Stephen Ridley running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I meet Tim Benz here for uh, Adam Crowley today. I'll be with Adam tomorrow at Geo's down the road here on Route 30 in Latrobe as our training camp broadcasts continue. Once again, brought to you in part by LECOM. And uh, our injury report today, well, I can tell you this. Uh, Le'Veon Bell isn't injured. He's just absent due to his contractual situation. And I wanted to get into that a little bit further here because the further we get from this saga coming to a failed close, the more angry I get about the lack of trust and the lack of faith and consistency shown by Bell and his agent, Adisa Bakari, in this situation. Because Bakari ended up saying that the major sticking point was the lack of guaranteed money offered to Bell because the Steelers wouldn't commit money beyond an alleged signing bonus of $10 million. Okay, fine. But what if the salary was $10 million on top of that? Now they're at $20 million into the $33 million of guaranteed over the first two years that we were told about in initial leaks to NFL.com. When have the Steelers ever cut a major signing just two years after a deal was hammered out. I mean, my gosh, even the awful Lamar Woodley contract lasted three years. Bakari and Bell couldn't manage to show a little faith in that kind of track record. 
Meanwhile, the Steelers are putting faith in a guy who has suffered three major injuries and has had two significant suspensions. And whatever happened to Bell's statement of they need to come up a little and I need to come down a little? Because it appears the Steelers came up a lot and Bell didn't come down at all. And I've got a problem with that. The other thing that I want to talk about as it relates to the Todd Gurley situation specifically, I know a lot of people out there are saying that Le'Veon Bell set the bar for what Todd Gurley got, and I disagree with that. I actually think that it's the other way around. I think that Gurley is, in essence, setting the bar for Bell and what he's going to get in free agency. Like, the only way that I look at what Bell did for Gurley is that if the Rams were out there thinking, I don't know if we can give Todd this much, we're ready to give Todd this much, but if we do it, we're going to look insane. And then when the numbers got floated out for what the Steelers offered Bell, that calmed the water of what expectation versus reality was going to be, and they gave him the offer that he wanted. Like when he got into seventy million, when he got into thirty to forty-five million in guarantees, uh, when he got into you know uh, some of the money up front over four and five and six years for a running back, I think some people were scratching their heads saying no team is going to do that. But when a team that's normally as conservative as the Steelers did in that context, the Rams had to be saying, okay, well if we're willing to do this, that if the, we could at least point to the Steelers and say, look at what they were going to give to Bell. But I don't really think he set the bar. Bell did for what Gurley got because the contracts are so different. Remember, Bell's contract was going to be a free agent deal. He is technically right now a free agent. He's got a franchise tag, but he's not under contract. It would have been a new contract for Lev Bell. Gurley's contract was an extension over one that he already had. So it was four more years on top of two years that currently existed with a $9 million fifth-year option on a rookie deal. So it's apples to apples in that regard. It's not the same thing. Not only is it not the same thing there, but the guaranteed money is vastly different. Even if all the reports that came likely from the Steelers end to NFL.com of $33 million were appropriate, in how they were reported, and Bakari says they weren't, but if they were, it's still 33 versus 45. Now, I don't know what that 45 really means. I don't know how the books are cooked for Los Angeles in that regard, but you know, if you're talking about what he's guaranteed to get this year, now basically next year on the fifth-year option of his rookie deal, already you're talking about 11, and then you get to the $15 million differential between 45 and 30. So we could be talking about $26 million differential in guarantees. So again, I say it, Bell didn't set the bar for Gurley. Gurley is setting the bar for Bell when he hits free agency next year. 412-922-2874. Chris Adamski coming to talk to me about that and more in just a little bit from the trip. My colleague who was covering Steelers practice today. Uh, hey, Tom, do we have the second half of that soundbite ready to go? Yes, we do. All right, from Kalia, Kalia Mia. Am I saying that right, Kalia Mia? No, right. it's, uh, hold on one second. Now I'm, now I'm merging this Mia in my Khalifa. head with Mia Khalifa. Kiera Mia. Kiera Mia, that's right, Kiera Mia. She's the porn star that Jimmy Garoppolo went out with. And now, obviously, she thinks that she is his girlfriend, and he can't wait for the story to go away. He looked like a kid who had been caught smoking 
behind the dumpster. Like when he was 15 and his parents caught him. Like he and his buddies had gone out in the woods and taken a case of beast out from the beer hole and he got busted for it. Like that's the expression that he had on his face. He looked like he had been chastised. Even though John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan kind of blew it off, all things considered. So... Tom, why don't you play the initial soundbite that we played before with them butted up back-to-back, right? So first it's him, and then notice the tone in the porn star's voice afterwards when she has her chance to speak to TMZ. The first is from a press conference at 49ers camp the day that Garoppolo reported. The other one is whatever her name is, Kalia Mia. You know, life is different now. Um, My life uh, off the field... I've never really been big on, you know, uh, being very public with things, you know, even social media. I'm not out there a ton, but, uh, you know, my life's looked at differently. I'm under a microscope, and it's like Kyle said, it is a good learning experience. Uh, Just have to take it in stride. I mean, it is what it is. Jimmy and I had an amazing dinner, and he treated me with so much respect and class. And honestly, we're friends. But on that note, let me tell you this much. I'm officially a fan of football, and I can promise the 49ers that they will make Super Bowl and win because everything I touch turns to gold. Oh, hello! It's like going on more dates? Is this like a one-time thing? Well, you guys are going to have to find that out yourself. Okay! (laughs) Keep following. (laughs) Was it? To to be continued, dot, dot, dot. Hello! So I got to ask, like, was the date fun? You know what I mean? Like, you know, was it? Oh, man, let me just tell you, like, you rate just like on a whole different level, like, it was fun. Hell of fun. Um, he's sexiest. Were you pleased with dessert? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was amazing. I thought you said that, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> it was, was definitely amazing? my favorite dessert. Oh, my God. There's no way Garoppolo's name isn't Cheesecake in that locker room right now. There's no way. Like, the first time he gets sacked by somebody on the Rams or the Seahawks or something, there's no way people aren't calling him Cheesecake. He has to be. Cinnamon Apple. Because that flirts on the edge of adult name and an insult. (laughs) Cinnamon Apple. There's no way he gets away with this without this being like something that is thrown in his face on Instagram, on Twitter. There will be signs in every NFL stadium it's going to be beautiful, and I can't wait to watch it because we know what's going to happen. He's going to try to distance himself now, and she's going to air out details of the date, and she's going to lie about it. She's going to exaggerate. She's going to put in details. I, I swear, it's going to be exactly what I said before. It's going to be his face in a Sports Illustrated cover, and he's getting spanked with it. It's, it's going to be the Trump thing <laughs> all over again. $130,000 is nothing to Jimmy Garoppolo. It was nothing to Trump. Just do it. I'm sure Michael Cohen's looking for extra work. He can pay her off. The 49ers have executives. They've got lawyers. They've got Cohen types that can take care of this and make it go away. Hush money? Easy. Chris Adamski next from the Trib. Tim Benz with you on Adam Crowley Show. This is exclusive coverage of the 2018 Steelers training camp. Presented by Bud Light, Famous Among Friends, and Spring Hill Suites Latrobe, where you can expect a legendary experience. And also brought to you by Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine and LECOM at Seton Hill. Window Nation. Visit us at windownation.com. And Excella Health. How can we help you today? 
Today's training camp injury report is brought to you by Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine and LECOM at Seton Hill. Today's injury report brought to us by Chris Adamski from the Pittsburgh Tribune Review, my colleague. Chris, what's the injury report? Very, very high in the depth chart. Parker Collins, rookie center from, I believe, Appalachian State or something like that. Uh, he got hurt. He got hurt. Left the field. I'm not sure how they're going to win the Super Bowl now. It was so significant that Mike Tomlin actually opened his remarks, as he typically does at the end of a practice, saying there were no injuries, although there was a guy that was literally, like, carted off the field. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I don't know how it sort of just slipped his mind that uh, his uh, eight, eighth center was... was well, it's one less guy we got to worry about, <laughs> one less rep, set of reps that we got to get in there. <laughs> so uh, that, does that mean Pouncey has to do more work than early in camp? There's the major concern, That's, right? He, he doesn't have to run the conditioning run. Uh, yeah, I know. We'll have to be conditioned uh, to go through it. Actually, I was to, to, to uh, take this a little more serious. So, so wait, hold on for a second. So is that like Mark Marquise Pounce is saying something similar to what he said? Like, you think Ben Roethlisberger is going to be treated the same as Josh Dobbs? Is this Parker Collins going to be treated the same as Marquise Pouncey? <laughs> I was surprised how much the first-teamers reps got reps today. They, they were out there more than... Were they tackling? Lots of tackle talk. Lots of tackling talk so far talk, in camp. Wow. Yeah, first day of camp every year. It's, it's going to be more hitting this year. going to be more tackling. Got to work on tackling. 31st in the league when it comes to missed tackles. Got to work on tackling. Well, without, right. well, they that lasts usually a day. A couple guys get dinged up, and then they stop. With, I was going to say without 23, but there is a 23 out there. Without the guy who used to win, the artist formerly known as number 23 out there, uh, the, the routes to the tackling might be a little better. Right. That being Mike Mitchell. Yeah. Now that being Joe Hayden. Yes. It took me a while. I'm trying oh, They're to all messed there. up, but now Sean yeah, Davis is, is 21, 21, not 28. And Hilton's 28. Hilton's 28, not 31. Yeah. And then who got 31? Burhey? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Bur- the missile, as I like to call him. Everybody likes to call him. That was our training camp injury report brought to you by Lake Erie College, uh, Osteopathic well, Medicine, segment. and Lee Comet. I was wondering why you're asking me about the injuries. Well, would you think I want to talk about Parker Collins? <laughs> I was curious. I said, you want to start? Great segment. Thanks, air, Chris. I told appreciate you. it. Yeah, then you, I was like, oh, you want to start the injuries? All right, we'll start the injuries. Yes, it was a sponsored segment. Of okay, course, all I, right, all this right. This is the I, Crowley Show, damn it. Everything's sponsored. <laughs> Very billable item. When Tom would open his remarks saying uh, there were no injuries of significance or whatever he said, I don't know how he termed it, but, but yeah, he, he did sort of qualify it, but he also didn't bother giving the guy who was hurt. Okay. And any name recognition? <laughs> no. Now, did he have anything more interesting to say than Ben Roethlisberger did in his series of interviews? None of what... Very few comments titillated from Ben Roethlisberger today. He was... Uh, he was agreeable, Ben, after practice. Like, sort of... You know, he wasn't uh, in sort of a... a, a combative? Pers- yeah, he wasn't combative. He didn't have anybody anybody to, to focus his ire on yet. Like well, I wasn't there. Has, well, that's, that's actually an excellent point. Uh, but... Uh, no, he, so he was. He wasn't. He was, was Aditi there. Aditi was there, yeah. And I think he even no ire, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Must, oh. it's, it's it's the first day of camp. We all got to settle into our roles yet. You know, uh, he'll be in midseason for me. He still got time to get ready for the season. True. The normal Wednesday morning. Uh. <laughs> I'm gonna have to start skipping those this year. Well, sleep in. I mean, it used to be a very valuable time while everybody else would cluster around Ben. You could get yeah. lots oh, yeah, of yeah, other yeah, interviews. Yeah, yeah. I know you're everybody was around Ben, but now nobody is there. What's the point? You can get Matt Filer and some other practice. He actually looks guys. like a different person. He lost a lot of weight, hey, Filer. He lost his beard, too. Him and Burnett. Yeah, it's not just the beard, though. Yeah, like, yeah. I think he's gotten a little bit more chiseled and thinned out. Yeah, Him yeah, and Br- even Morgan Burnett has looked like he's dropped a few. 
Ben dropped a few. Who else? There was somebody else. Who was it? Did I, a little different body type, I think. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing we got to make a big deal out of with Ben because no one asked him about Mason Rudolph in any of his interviews. How is that possible? How did nobody ask him about Mason Rudolph? Not one question? None of the three outlets that I read in their private one-on-ones, ours with Joe Rudder and Ed Bouchette with the Post-Gazette and Mike Pursuta at Steelers.com. And I, I, I asked if this was like you can't talk to him about this topic and apparently it wasn't an edict. Like, people could have asked, have we lost interest in this story already? Well, because well, he, he pulled a Garo Yepremian out of the field today? Yeah. He was four, fourth string today. I mean, the people, I, well, I don't you know. You said he if, played like it, too. I, I feel, yes. He, 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 his first pass was, a was as you said, the Garo Yepremian, the, the rollout. I don't know if it was batted down, but either way, he was rolled out under pressure and sort of flubbed up in the air and down. And then he completed a pass to a wide-open receiver, missed another tight end over the middle that was wide open. It was a very uh, yippy uh, he had the yips. Yippee would be the wrong, but he had the yips. It appeared sort of like Dobbs did last year early on in camp. And uh, as I had, as I had told them, this very airwaves, I guess it would be uh, these as, very airwaves. Yeah, these yes. very airwaves to, to to Mr. Crowley yesterday that Rudolph. Were you on yesterday? I was. Yes. You could have told me that you did it yesterday. I wouldn't have made you do it today. Well, I don't mean to. You know, I don't want to turn you down, Tim. You know, I, I'm, I'm here well, to help. I don't mean to stretch you thin here. Now I feel <laughs> terrible. Well, you can make up for it sometime. I don't know. Wait, well, right. if you come to Geo's tomorrow, we have know. extra. Okay. Uh, we have extra beer chips. I, I figured there was probably a, a, a remote since you just said everything sold. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to plug another right. place. So I, I was going to offer that maybe tonight or. Tomorrow well, I mean, we'll, we'll plug where we were. Like they're at Dino's <laughs> tonight, right? We're at Sharky's last night. Oh, okay. Geo's tomorrow. But I here look. We're <laughs> hey, in the Greater Latrobe area that <laughs> you can get hold a cold on. beer at. Yeah, exactly. Now hold on for a second. I have these easy. somewhere. Because much like Landry Jones, who has accumulated more snaps in Latrobe than anybody else, according to Mike Tom, and more preseasons, I have a checkbook too. Yeah. Well, don't yeah. tell people that they'll this is like mug me. Speaking. Look at these. I've saved these Geo's chips over the years. <laughs> this is going to be a great night tomorrow night. Wow! I'll be Ubering back from Geo's, no doubt about it. I've at least. I have at least four or five beers here, I think, is as you add them up. Before the show or after the show? That's that's the part that makes me during, want to turn in. Okay. Uh, during. Tune in. Absolutely, it will be okay. during. Beautiful. There's no way Crowley and I are getting through two more hours without <laughs> going through the beer chips. Yeah, when, yeah. Once you now that the camp has started and you have to sustain discussion for yeah. several hours a day. All right, so Parker Collins is out and Mason Rudolph is a bust. We've established that already. <laughs> yes, yes. That's a, and, uh, again, yesterday, the funny part is yesterday, Crowley did the exact opposite and said, Adamski just said that Mason Rudolph's making the Pro Bowl 10 years in a row starting this year. He's going to beat out Ben by preseason game three uh, because I was talking to him up and now... Well, I, I understand now, that I, one I've, popular I've narrative is done this year, and that is we can't talk about Ben not throwing inter- any interceptions in training camp, right? Yes, after after last year. I, see, spiteful Ben's the best Ben because last year the defense was talking, saying they were going to get interceptions, and he said, oh, you're getting interceptions, are you? And he went through the entire camp and did not throw an interception during training camp. Or so he says. Well, so he says, yes. But, uh, you know, nobody I, – I, I would think this is like one of those things, you know, that, that – not the fact checkers, but somebody somebody would have called him on. Somebody would have remembered one interception, right? Of all of us, I mean, I'm not saying I would. Well, I would hope that one of the defensive. I'm not backs. very good at my job. No, 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 no. you're a oh, defensive back. Yes, I thought that, that one of the players yeah, I would have said, "I got you're him." Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Somebody would have, which was the whole point. So yes, I think he'd actually made it through the the 14 practices last year. Although he only played, he only participates in about you know eight or nine of them, let's say. But still. Somewhat impressive, but he did not make it to the first practice this year. He released it on like an out route to AB, and as soon as it left his hand, you heard no. And sure enough, already jumped the route. And from Ben, you heard no. Yes. And and was it was a was know. it from one of the other defensive backs? Afraid already was going <laughs> to drop it. 
I knew there was a punchline there somewhere, and I'm glad you were able to. Who played what in the secondary? Um, Morgan Burnett and Sean Dave. It wasn't really. It was about what you probably would expect. I don't uh, know what to okay, expect. Okay, and and Burnett was was what you would refer to as the strong safety, and Davis was the was the center field safety, the more of the free safety. Um, Hilton kept his job. Uh, you know, the the outside corners were were Burns and, and that's Hayden. the only thing I know what to expect. And so that it was, I would say it was status quo. If you, it was status quo from last year, except well, I guess it wasn't because Mitchell Burnett and for Mitchell and they switched roles. Although everybody downplays it and says how big of a deal it was. So when the, who, who got the first team reps at inside linebacker? Matikavich, Matikavich, and Vince Williams. But Bostic did sort of sub in himself into that first team at times. It wasn't like a straight, you know. As we again, you probably expect it's not decided because when the second team came in, it was often was Matthew Thomas and L.J. Fort. So Bostic was still kind of subbing into the first team. Well, you've written that Matthew Thomas will be the next uh, Jack Lambert. <laughs> I've done that. Yeah, you're right. I saw you reference that. This I morning. did reference that. On Breakfast with Pens at TripleLive.com. Right. Good I like plug. plugging things. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Just like Lee Cum. Yeah. Um, so is, has he got a shot to supplant those other two? I don't think he's going to supplant. You mean to make the 53 man? I think he has a shot to make the 53 man. I mean, LJ4 at this point is what he is. And, and you know, if, if you can trust – if find the special teams equivalent of LJ Ford if you're not worried about losing that. I think last year, whenever they were down, Shazier and Matikevich and Fort would play the passing downs. I, you know, I don't think they're married to keeping him on the roster, so that, that could be a potential spot there. Uh, I don't know if he's going to he's not going to start. I don't, you know, certainly not a right away. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's one of those guys that I, I don't know if he has the talent. He's probably not a very we'll see how it plays out, but it seems like his career, he was a five-star recruit. That, that never really fulfilled his promise. He has all these measurable and tangibles. He's one of the. He was a combine star. And he still didn't get drafted. What does that tell you? He went to Florida State. He was a combine standout. He wasn't super fast, but he you know he had all the the, the jumps. He was one of the best jumps in the last. 10 I heard years. his academics were an issue. Well, he he was he was. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I see. But yes. you wrote that right. He had acted. It was wasn't. Well, he, he he literally had issues at Florida State where he suspended for you know technically it wasn't reported what he was suspended for. I don't know. I'm, I don't cover Florida State. Uh, and he also uh, had what else? He missed a year. Yeah, he actually he sort of he missed an entire year for a some sort of disciplinary or I uh, know it's academic. That's what I'm One saying. year academics, right. you're right. Another year he, he was well, suspended. Well, my point is I've heard so, this transferred on the football field. So. Well, that seemed he, he has all the measurables you want, but yes, it seems as if his intangibles uh, instincts are the, the question mark. So you're probably not going to be a coach's favorite. The coach is like the other guys. Is it clear who that? Are, is it clear that Bud Dupree is going to be Lawrence Taylor now that he's on the right side? <laughs> he didn't sack anybody today, so I don't know what that means. But no, uh, that means all Villanueva is going to the Pro Bowl. It's going to fix every. Yeah, it it totally fixed uh, fixed everything. Bud's on the Bud's on the correct side now. I mean, I, they're doing everything possible to. Did they tackle at all? No. No. Okay. So yeah, it's not till day three they'll tackle. So all right, it, it was. Um, oh, they're not allowed, right? Yeah. No, right. no, no pads the first two days. So there's no tackling, but it's still it was a pretty spirited uh, as you might expect the first first day. Did to, Washington to get any first team reps with Ben? Yes, yes he did. Pretty yes. Did Ben look at him at all? Uh, I don't remember any, any. I don't remember any targets offhand. But there's a lot going on. I was focusing more on the defense, to be totally honest with you. So a lot of times well, I, we I should remember, be. We all should played, be. Yeah. So, but uh, I don't. I don't, I don't How is Cam right Hayward a defensive tackle and Stephon Tuitt is still a defensive end? Yeah, I, I believe, and I don't know if 
Cam would admit it or, or not, or whether anybody's going to admit it, but I think it all traces back to he wants to make the Pro Bowl, yeah. And he wants to be known as a tackle when he was campaigning for that, so he must have campaigned enough, or I don't know how. Because really, you know, it's not as if it's you have it's not like baseball where there's a spot where you have to be to be a position you know I, I don't know how even that nowadays with shifts and stuff are sort of archaic and not archaic but they're becoming obsolete so do you worry about it? so just call it so the team now the Steelers call him a defensive tackle he's a defensive tackle so he has to go in the ballot as a defensive tackle right but but th- that would mean now the Steelers are technically start playing a three defensive linemen two of whom are tackles and one an end yes so, so should to it now petition to be a tackle too, and just have what I'm saying. It's got to be consistent, right? To start three defensive. Uh, I mean, they are defensive tackles. More yeah, often than they are defensive yeah. ends. Yeah. Well, in the AP, to their credit, two years ago, they do the All Pro team different than Pro Bowl, which is which is more prestigious because it's one All Pro team as opposed to each conference, and they don't do injured guys and all that stuff. And fans don't vote. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, so players. Yeah, they have changed. They did it was sort of radical, but it, it makes a lot more. It's a lot more sense. They call it interior edge. They don't. They don't use outside linebacker. They don't. They have linebackers, which is more. You know, you're you're either your inside middle guys or even you know in a three four or four three you could use some of those guys. But the in, interior linemen, edge rushers. So therefore, instead of um, that's why Hayward made first team Pro Bowl or first team All Pro. Which did not make the AFC Pro Bowl roster, which is absurd when you think about it. But because the the All Pro team was was that he was designated interior. So, but but it's just like silly to me that they're naming him a defensive tackle out of some edict that they put it on the roster, and now he's all of a sudden changed. Last thing, were you concerned at all that the fighter pilot that was <laughs> flying overhead had been hired by Antonio Brown to strafe the media after some of us made fun of him for coming in a helicopter? Because I was. They were looking for me. That's why they kept flying <laughs> over my room. <laughs> Was there some you didn't have any anti aircraft missile on maybe Nat Burry could have been your, yeah, your anti aircraft missile. missile to uh yeah. Uh, well what are the odds now that A B makes his entrance next year on a blue blue angel jet or something or I mean at what at one point does this one up some ship end itself? Yeah, uh, gotta go back in time. It's gotta be a horse. Next year's gotta be this somebody has to show up on a Clydesdale or something like that. <laughs> All right, uh thanks to Wes, thanks to Tom, thanks to Chris Adamski. Uh I am Tim Benz, I am back with Adam tomorrow. Uh, plenty more shenanigans. The beer chips will be flowing uh, as we go to Geo's from 7 till 9. The show's at Dino's when we are done. And then uh, Adam is back on with me as we are simulcasting on 105.9 The X and 970 tomorrow. So make sure you are listening from 3 until 7 on both 105.9 and 970 here on the iHeartRadio Media Empire platform.